is the Adam Crowley Show. Enough! I'm putting these back in my pants. They're mine. This is crazy. The Adam Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. You found the Crowley Show, where your mom listens, and you should too. And tell your friends. Hashtag 700%. You can follow me on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley, or you can do what Mr. Richard's doing at 412-922-2874 and giving us a call on the topic of Le'Veon Bell. Mr. Richard from Wheeling, good morning, afternoon, good night. Hello. Hello, everybody. You know, there's a, uh, my mother wouldn't be listening for two reasons. One, she's dead, and second place, she doesn't like shows like this. But as far as Le'Veon Bell goes, he needs to be two things. He needs to be as elusive as Barry Sanders, which I don't think he is, or he needs to be able to hand, they need to hand the ball, Ben needs to hand the ball off to him on the five-yard line and let the offensive line just say, go for it, and him run over all the defensive players and go in for a touchdown. If he can't get that, he shouldn't be getting even close to what he gets. Thanks, Mr. Richard. That's a salient point. Very well made by you. I wonder what any running back would do if their entire offensive line died right in front of them. Uh, probably not a lot. That's a terrible way to assess a running back. What would he do without an offensive line? Well, he'd get mauled and beat and murdered, probably, by 11 people. Uh, it would not be good. I think he would actually die. He would legitimately leave the earth. Yeah, it would not go well for Le'Veon Bell. Uh, he was not as elusive as Barry Sanders. He reminds me of Barry Sanders in a way. He doesn't have the explosiveness, but he makes people miss in ways that make your mouth just drop. Go to ESPNPGH.com. I wrote a piece there and put highlights up of Le'Veon Bell against the Jacksonville Jags from last year's divisional round playoff game. That MFer still has it. At the end of the season... He's making guys miss. He's catching balls with one hand. He's having to contort his body going backwards when running full speed as Ben Roethlisberger threw one behind him that he later turned into a touchdown. Man, if you want to say that Le'Veon Bell is deteriorating, then why did he do all that against that defense? Why was he able to accomplish all those things against that team? He's not deteriorating. His numbers look worse than they were last year, even though they were quite good with 1,900 all-purpose yards, because he wasn't a good player the first three games of the season because he was rusty. And that's on him for skipping training camp. I also get it. But that's going to hurt the overall numbers. It just is. When you're not up to snuff, when you're getting the ball 17 times for 60 yards the first three games, you're not going to be as good of a player at the end of the day to people who are only looking at the statistics. But if you watch him and you use your eyes and you watch the last handful of games he played in, my God, he's fine. More than fine. He's Hall of Fame caliber. Got this one here from Steven on the Adam Crowley Show Facebook page. You can check that out. Facebook.com backslash Crowley Show backslash posts backslash 439931773169530. They get it. They understand. <laughs> one more time slowly. Yeah, probably not. WWW. Oh, shoot. I You know what? I missed that part. <laughs> HTTPS colon, colon backslash 
backslash www.facebook.com backslash Crowley Show posts four three nine nine three one seven seven three one six nine five three zero question mark comment underscore ID <laughs> equal sign four four zero two seven. Anyway, he posted on that page and he said, I think every Steelers fan. Now that we know that this is Bell's last season with the Steelers, should be extremely excited. Here's why. The man is betting on himself to perform and has already said this will be his greatest year yet. I do think there is something to that. And you can say all those things. You can say you want to have the best season that you've ever had. But I do think internally that will drive him a little bit. I really think he's going to do whatever he can to get paid on the open market next year. And that's only going to help the Steelers. A lot of people are negative about... Antonio Brown wanting to put up statistics, and he'll pout, he'll throw Gatorade coolers, and I don't love all that either. But one of the reasons he does that is because he wants the ball, and when he gets the ball, the Steelers win. So people might say he's selfish, people might say Bell's selfish, but their overall production that they want winds up being for the greater good anyhow. When I was in high school, I had a troublemaker buddy. He had to transfer to prep school. He did all kind of bad things. He, one time on vacation, broke into a house and sliced open somebody's couch, then peed in it. Whoa. Yeah, I know. Bad dude. Wow. Hopefully he's grown up. I haven't seen him in a long time, but we were close. <laughs> Hopefully he's not still doing that. Yeah, well, I hope not. <laughs> Probably in prison. We were close. We did everything together. Not that. But I remember crying when I found out that he wouldn't be around anymore, and I thought it was going to be the end of our friendship. It was the end of our friendship, plus that, the vandalism. Uh, we never hung out anymore after that. He was at Kiski, I was in Lebo, neither of us had cars, but we knew that at the end of the year, the school year, that our relationship was going to come to an end. So the last month or so, we started to argue, and I think we were both subconsciously doing it because we knew that we weren't going to be buds anymore, and it was going to be easier when we'd be apart. But we do that in sports, too. When McCutcheon was shipped out, a lot of you were hurt. I wrote a column. I was emotional. Kutch was the Pirates. He was the reason that they were good for the first time ever in my life. He was the reason why they were good before my grandma died. She hasn't yet. Father, son, holy ghost. But when the Pirates got off to a good start, it was reported that maybe the Bucks clubhouse was better off without him. That maybe they were a better team with him in San Francisco. That maybe Kutch was a clubhouse cancer. Maybe he was putting too much pressure on the team. Get out of here. The reason that that stuff was said is because, A, we like hot takes. But two, or B, it's a defense mechanism. Something we do when we don't want to be hurt. We make things up in our head to convince ourselves that the thing that's going to happen inevitably is what makes the most sense. So if you know that Le'Veon Bell's going to be gone eventually, you work it all up in your head that it's not that big of a deal. That when Andrew McCutcheon's going to get traded, you have to find a way to wrap your puny little yinzer brains around the fact that he's not going to be around anymore. So you think, oh, he was a clubhouse cancer. As I mentioned, Le'Veon Bell had 155 yards and two touchdowns against one of the best defenses in the league last year. He was incredible in that game. And the burst was there, and the hands were there, and the pass protection was there, and he played over 90% of the snaps like he always does. The Steelers will miss him. You don't know it yet because you're putting up your walls and you think it's a defense mechanism, but you're going to miss him too. The Steelers understand the value of Le'Veon Bell. And if you are big-time Steelers fans, 
like you all claim to be, who are chirping me on Twitter.com and at HTTPS colon backslash backslash www.facebook.com backslash Crowley Show. That I lost my train of thought. I knew that was going to happen. I knew that was going to happen whenever I started rattling off the www.facebook.com things. You know, you don't know, (laughs) that Le'Veon Bell does more for the Steelers at the running back position than any player in the league. When he's in the game, the Steelers could be running or throwing. If Deion Lewis is in the game, you know what the Patriots are doing. No player in that league at that position does it the way that Bell can. No player in the league is a four-down player like Bell is. In your heart of hearts, Pittsburgh fans, you have to know that. The only reason that you're now saying that Bell isn't as good as he is is because you're trying not to get hurt. But Bell took over that game against Baltimore on Christmas Day two years ago. He took over the game against Kansas City and the game against Miami in the playoffs two years ago. He set the Steelers' rushing record in back-to-back playoff games. I'm sure the next guy could do that too, right? No! He took over the game against Jacksonville last year. I'm sure the next guy could do that too, right? No! He's better, a lot better, than whoever walks through the door next year. There's no question about that. Don't lie to yourself and say that's not the case. James Conner ain't the dude. And the next guy who totes the rock ain't going to be a Hall of Fame player. Bell will be when it's all said and done. I've regained my train of thought. I have. The Steelers know the value of Le'Veon Bell. Because they were trying to pay him 14 or $15 million a season with 33 guaranteed. And if you trust them as much as you say you do by chirping at me on Twitter and chirping at me at Facebook.com backslash Crowley Show, then... You gotta understand, I did it again. Ah, damn you, marijuana. My formative years. Ah, just crushing my train of thought, my short term memory. If you believe in the Steelers as much as you say you believe in the Steelers, and you're chirping me all up on Twitter and stuff, then shouldn't you put stock into the fact that they were willing to pay this guy that much money? Shouldn't you? 412-922-2874. Mike DeCourcy from the Sporting News. Ross Tucker from SiriusXM. People on my Twitter poll, at underscore Adam Crowley, they all say that the Steelers dodged a bullet by Le'Veon Bell not signing the contract. And I'll go to the same argument as yesterday. You only need him to be good for two or three years. That's when the guaranteed cash in the contract would have paid him anyhow. And then the Steelers could have cut bait for pennies on the dollar after that. How do they dodge a bullet if the last two years of Ben's career, he has far less to work with than he does this year with his Hall of Fame running back in the fold? Riddle me this, Batman. Do the Steelers have a better chance of winning the Super Bowl now with Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, that offensive line, Vance McDonald, Juju Smith-Schuster, than they will next year with A.B. a year older, Ben a year older, and I think he's closer to breaking down than A.B. is. With that offensive line a year older, and we haven't really had to deal with the Marquise Pouncey long-term injury lately, but it's something that bit him a lot early in his career. Uh, What about Ramon Foster not getting any younger? Marcus Gilbert was banged up 10 games last year. Do you think that that team next year has a better chance of winning the Super Bowl than the one that they have now? I don't think so. I don't know how you could say that. 
And if you have Le'Veon Bell in the fold for a couple of extra years, at least then you have faith that even if you do have some mixed match parts on the offensive line, that he could still run the football effectively. And even if Antonio Brown does lose a step and the production comes down a little bit, that maybe he could pick up the slack there. Ben Roethlisberger can't be happy about this. Now, he's not going to be mad at the team. He's probably not going to be mad at his fellow player, Le'Veon Bell, either because he knows he wants to cash in. But as Tim Ben said, and we're going to hear him say, I bet, I bet, coming up in five minutes, Ben Roethlisberger, he left money on the table so they could pay guys like Le'Veon. This is the year. That is a big year. Big stanking year to get trophy number seven in a year where you've got the big three together again for one last hurrah. Because next year, at least in my mind, the chances of them winning a Super Bowl goes down exponentially. Coming up next, we'll talk to Tim Benz. Maybe I'll see in the future. Maybe I know exactly what he's going to say when I ask him a question about Ben Roethlisberger. He's the official vampire of the Crowley Show. It's in Pittsburgh. Yeah, my personal record book. If this makes Pittsburgh, the Steelers, the fans of the Steelers, you, if it makes everyone feel better, in my own personal record book, uh, the Steelers won that game, the Patriots lost, and that means the Steelers are on track to be the one seed in the AFC. <laughs> the Adam Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four is the number. That's how they start the segments at the station across the street. Uh, we will not be doing that here. I don't need to talk to you. In fact, I'm kind of sick of everyone today. Uh, just the incessant Twitter arguments that are going on in my mentions and the Facebook comments on the post that I put up on ESPNPGH.com. Ah, oh, just drive me up a damn wall. Are Tom and me annoying you today? No, not you guys. Okay. I mean, Tom didn't fade that music down at all. It was blowing my ears off. Yeah, that was a little bit distracting. I kept playing with the headphones over here. But other than that, things have been good. I thought you liked the song. Uh, Tom, it is back in the saddle day for you. You can screw up as many times as you'd like, my friend. No, you can't. No, Thanks. you're not allowed. No, don't give him that. Yeah, I, I can't. You're you the got, only one who can give him that permission. Yeah, I can't. you got to work harder because you took days off. Now you're in the hole. Like, you got to make up for the time you took off. Oh, I'm in the hole now? Yeah, I mean, you took off. You don't care. Wait till you see what that did care. to your pension. <laughs> and you just yeah. see it. Pretty sure the pension's gone now. I Pretty had a sure it's gone. Yep. No, he never had one. <laughs> but it's gone for sure. Tim Benz joins us now. Not to talk about Tom being annoying or his pension being gone, but talk about Le'Veon Bell. Tim Benz, of course, from the Trib and Breakfast with Benz. Ben, how you doing today? Very disappointed in the effort of the cheese teas today. If you're going to do Bohemian Rhapsody, Three Gods in the Car, I expect at least singing out loud a and one, albeit I'm sure ill-advised, but you got to give it a shot, one attempt at the harmony, and you guys just lip-synced and bagged it. You know what? I... We'll take responsibility for the lip-syncing harmony not being there because there are a couple of moments where I dipped out because I was afraid I'd flub the words. So I'll take responsibility for that. But I got to be real with you, Tim. We ain't trying to sing in that car, okay? Not the first time round. Maybe we'll come back with a little We Are the Champions tomorrow. 
also thought it was funny how you forgot Ray Fittipaldo was coming on at 5 o'clock and just plowed right through anyway because you didn't want to go through the minute 45 of headbanging one more time. And that's exactly it. because Tim, That hurts more oh than, than people realize, Tim. That actually, me and Tom are, are going to be in a neck brace tomorrow. We were banging our heads so hard. Well, I will be banging my head at Greta Van Fleet at Stage AE tomorrow. Uh, although I do like one... By Pink Floyd, I was requesting from Greta, some Greta Van Fleet when I bumped back. Tom did not come through there. They've got a new single that hit today, right before the Pittsburgh concert, so I'm most excited. It's called When the Curtain Falls, so I imagine it was inspired by watching the Steelers' defense against the Jaguars last year. Tim, do you have an extra ticket to Greta Van Fleet? I do not. Why? Who wants to go? Me, you? yeah. Oh, are you a convert? Oh, I love Greta Van Fleet, man. Ever okay. since you put me on that on that train. Good, good. Uh, these tickets are extraordinarily hard to come by. I think along with Michigan, we might be their number one market because of the amount of airplay they got early on at DVE. Tim Ben's joining us. Breakfast with Ben's. You say that the villain in the Le'Veon Bell Steelers saga is Bell's agent, and I think it's a good point. What a friggin' dink this guy is, huh? <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, either A... He's the guy who's making Bell hold out for more money than really any running back needs. And I am going to say running back. I'm going to stand by that. I'm sure we're going to get into that later. But either he's driving the train too hard for him to keep holding out for more at the risk of his client, where the differential between what he's guaranteed to get and what else he could get on the market is minimal. Either he's doing that or he's not pushing his client hard enough to see that minimal difference. Uh, look, if he gets through this and he manages to have another good year and he's healthy and he signs a whopper of a contract, well, then good for them. They bet on themselves and won like Darrell Revis did so many times. But I think it's an extraordinary risk. And uh, you know what? He might just wind up on a bad team and uh, he could get paid. Maybe that's all he cares about. But uh, I think he could get close to as much here. And the acclaim that he would have had if he stayed in Pittsburgh is going to be far greater than if he languishes in it. Cleveland or the Jets or Miami. Well, that is a good point because the money really is going to be somewhat negligible. Now, I mean, it is going to be a difference of a couple mil here, a couple mil there, which is not so negligible to you or I, but uh, or you or me, I suppose. But it is for a guy like that. Uh, he could have not felt any pain had he stuck around here and signed the deal that the Steelers wanted him to sign. I do want to talk about the Steelers obviously wanting to keep Bell around. Uh, they understand his value i feel like i understand his value i'm sure you understand the value too i don't think it's going to be as easy to replace Le'Veon bell as other people are making it out to be no he's an elite running back he deserves to be paid as the best running back in football and then i would imagine by the time todd Gurley comes up uh he will deserve that just as much if not more than lev um, he's already squawking about 80 million dollars a year did you see that tweet from him by the way or that comment I did a couple days ago, right? Right, where he said, uh, I'm just trying to get $80 million. Just. You know, like it's chump change. As opposed to these NBA players who are getting 150 Yeah, you hang in there, Todd. I know, you're just trying to get the table scraps. You hang in there. But I think that they do value him. And this whole, that ridiculous quote from his agent about they're just trying to pay the position and not the player. No, they are not. If they were doing that, the offer wouldn't be this much greater than the next best contract that's out there in Devontae Freeman, which on an annual average value, based on the numbers that we have seen, is $14 million versus $8 million. The guaranteed money was 41 versus 70 
And I take it back. The overall value was 41 versus 70. The guaranteed money was 18 versus 33. That's not paying the position. That's paying the player. This notion that he's got to get paid for two jobs is one. That's asinine. Because if he's really going to do that, then it's going to be $33 million against the cap, roughly. So, I mean, come on. Let's be real about this. And if you pay one guy two positions worth, what happens when that guy gets hurt? Or, in his case, suspended? Do you get two roster spots back for one? Or don't. Do you get salary cap relief on half the contract? Because it's just one guy that got put on IR? No, you don't. That's not how it works. Well, those are all good points by you, Tim, and I'll agree 100% that, no, you're not two players. That is that is asinine. It's ridiculous. Oh, I'm a number one running back and a number two wide receiver. Well, no, you're not. He averaged 7.7 yards per catch last year. That's not registering for wide receivers, so I don't buy into that. What I do buy into, though, is that he is a playmaker. When I see guys like Brandon Cooks today get an $80 million contract for five years, I understand what Le'Veon Bell's gripe is with that. Brandon Cooks ain't half the player, I think, that Le'Veon Bell is. So if I'm Bell, I look at that and I'm pissed because I don't want being a running back to hold me back from making that kind of money. Well, I would agree with that to an extent. And that extent stops at, though, what happens if your skills diminish and you're a running back as opposed to your skills diminishing and you're a wide receiver? You're on the bench. You're not playing as much. If your skills diminish as a wide receiver over the course of a contract, you still have value in the later years of that contract because you can go from a number one to a number three. You know, C. Hines Ward, who eventually, yes, did fall off a cliff in, what was that, 2012? But if you look back after he maybe peaked and signed his contract in 2009, I believe it was, you know, he's really good in 09. They got to the Super Bowl, and he was they put up decent numbers in 10. It was like a slow decline. And as A.B. and Mike Wallace started to surpass him, he still played a role on the team. You know, when people talk about uh, why you can't pay certain positions the same amount as other positions, this is why. Because on the back end of running back contracts, they're nowhere near as valuable. And beyond that, they aren't as players as multifunctional when it comes to what they can do with the rest of the guys in their position group. You know, like pass rushers are out there every single time. That's why they get 17 million bucks as it relates to the uh, franchise tag. Like there's two guys in Ansa and uh, Joyner got, sorry, not Joyner, uh, Demarcus Lawrence got, um, you know, offensive linemen out there every single snap quarterbacks are into the ball every single snap. And if you are a wide receiver, even if you're not a number one anymore, you can give value on the back end of your deals as you wane into your 30s and become a number two or three option. That doesn't happen with running backs. Well, with a running back, you could cut bait there. With a wide receiver, if you're paying a guy who's going to be a number three guy, number one money, isn't that worse than just being able to cut bait and and save money on the back end with a running back? Well, no, it's not, because in all likelihood, you don't have three guys that are going to be number one guys. Like I'll give you a perfect example. Look at what's going on in Atlanta right now. So, like, at some point, if Julio Jones over the next couple of years isn't worth the big ticket that he's got and has become a number three guy, it's probably because Calvin Ridley has become your number one and he's still on a rookie contract. Just like the example that I outlined before with Heinz Ward. As Heinz started to decline, you still had Mike Wallace and A.B. on first contract deals at the time. So, I mean, no one's going to have three big ticket wide receivers. 
But if you have one and he has become a number three, that is because you probably have other cheaper guys who have passed him, have passed him on the depth chart. But what if it's just because he's not good enough anymore? Well, I mean, that could happen in any position. Right. I mean, it happened with Lamar Woodley. But the difference is, like I said, you're going to bench that guy. He's, he's going to be behind somebody else if he's a running back, or you're just going to be a bad team. So like, why, why do you have to take the risk of being a bad team with somebody that you can't replace and then just have that, in essence, be dead money? Tim, if the Steelers had gotten it done with Le'Veon for $14.5, $15 million, do you think that's good move for them, good business? I, I thought it would have been a real risk. It's not what I would have done. I'm content with him playing out the franchise tag and then going free agent. I don't have a problem with that. That's what I've advocated all along. Uh, I think it's a huge risk. Plus, I have no idea what Le'Veon Bell is going to be like as a personality once he gets his big money. That's another thing that we have to keep in mind with this guy, based on what we've seen from him off the field, both in terms of attitude and compliance. Tim Benz, Breakfast with Benz, on the trip, joining us here on the Crowley Show. Uh, Mark Caboli wrote a piece for The Athletic talking about James Conner, and he has an opportunity to show himself now as the possible replacement at Steelers camp. I'm going to go ahead and say no to that one. How do you show yourself as a replacement for Le'Veon Bell in camp? You don't. You can't. How? how? You can't. How is that possible? I mean, like, even in the preseason, how are you showing that you're the replacement? We're not going to know if, if Bell does what he has intimated and what his agent has intimated that he's going to show up and play all 16 like he did last year. I don't care what we see from James Conner in a relief capacity. We're not going to know nope. if he can be the heir apparent to Le'Veon Bell because Bell is a three-down running back. That's part of the reason why the Steelers offered him $14.5 million, and he's asking for 17 to 20 So we're never going to know. Like He can get better. He can engender some faith. But, I mean, come on. I, mean, I, 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 I want Caboli to tell me out loud that if Le'Veon Bell walks, the Steelers are inclined right now to believe that opening day running back 2019 is going to be James Conner and not a first-round draft choice or a significant free agent signing next offseason. Does he really think that? He's probably just looking for something to write, Tim. That's that's what I would say. And Well, look, I write four columns today, and I haven't even dipped down that far yet. <laughs> oh, oh, Tim Ben's joining us here. Ripping Mark Caboli on the Crowley Show. I, I agree with everything you just said. If Look, if James Conner and Jalen Samuels work out, that's great. But the way that they work out is part of a somewhat rotation. If Mike Tomlin's even inclined to go to a rotation next year, he's never been a rotation guy. Uh, I think they are going to spend a first-round pick on a running back, and I think they'd probably be silly not to, although I haven't done a lot of homework on this year's class just yet. He's not been a rotation guy, but let's also remember that the Super Bowl that he won, Noel De Moore was his best running back. Sure. Well, I mean, Rashard Mendenhall had not become a good running back yet at that point. Some would argue if he ever did, although he did have one great season in the other Super Bowl that they got to until he fumbled in the Super Bowl. I mean, yeah. he that's a good more there. Sorry, uh, Mendenhall was 2010. Um, I don't think he's afraid to do it. Uh, I think it's part of the reason why they are loading up on other options to get the ball down the field. That's why they've still got two decent pass-catching tight ends. That's why they've got three wide receivers who will be on the field a bunch and I wouldn't be stunned to see them draft another one before day three next year uh, to further help matters. But, um, you know, it's, before they – even Le'Veon Bell. Remember, it took Le'Veon Bell one solid year before he became – he was not good at his rookie year. He didn't get good until his second year. Um, Rashard Mendenhall, as we just pointed out, didn't get good until his 
third year in Pittsburgh. So it's not instantaneous for a running back to be awesome as a rookie, even though it's the easiest position to do so. The Steelers really haven't seen that since, gosh, I can't remember the last really good rookie running back they had. Even Willie Parker was playing behind Bettis for a year. Tim, last question for you. Put on your mind reader cap, all right? What do you think Ben thinks about Le'Veon not being around for the likely end of his career? Uh, that's a good point. Um, I haven't really thought about it. I, I, I think he would, per, I mean, I obviously prefer that he would be there. I think there's probably some resentment there because I'm sure that Ben, Ben probably feels like he's left more on the table than Le'Veon is willing to have his share of, if you catch my drift. Like the difference between what Le'Veon is asking for and what Ben left on the table with a guy like him in mind is probably greater mm. oh. than what Ben hoped. Would you agree with that? Yeah, that's a good answer, Tim. I was not counting on that answer. That's good. You're a thinker. What, what were you expecting? Well, I I didn't know. I asked the question. I just I didn't know what the answer. I ask a lot of questions I don't know the answer to. Maybe that's why I'm so bad at radio. But yeah, I would think that I would think that Ben would be a little bit perturbed. Hey man, I left some cash out there and uh, they were going to pay you and you chose not to take it. Yep. You know what? Locker room fight this year. The schism is on, baby. Well, he has been, you know, he's never been afraid to drop a little barb here and there at other players. Like he certainly did at Heinz from Tom Khan. Uh, he has that management as it related to the whole Mason Rudolph thing. Um, yeah, so I, I look at I look at you know I don't fault Ben for wanting to win and his, his sincerity about wanting to win. I, I doubt Ben on his sincerity for a lot of other things that he says publicly, but I do think he wants to win, and I think he probably could have held their feet to the fire for more and been more of a mercenary in terms of his approach um, if he wanted to be like Kirk Cousins, for instance. But he knew he had a good situation here, and part of the reason he had a good situation here is because of the skill guys he was getting the ball to and the guys were blocking for him. So uh, I'm sure he will be disappointed. The other thing that Bell does really well is block for him, too. Let's not forget that. One last question now. I changed my mind. Uh, what do you think Ben Roethlisberger would say, put on your thinking cap again, your mind-reading cap, Tim, if we said next year James Conner is going to be your starting running back? I think you would ask Kabali to rewrite the article. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the time, Tim. Have fun tomorrow, buddy. All right. Yeah, talk to you soon, Adam. That's Tim Benz, Breakfast with Benz, Trip Live. Check him out. I think he's off the rest of the week. I might be wrong. He's Wake not, up in the Tim morning. Tim Benz does yeah. not take off, dude. What are you, crazy? Pursuit is off on Thursday and Friday, from yeah. what I understand. And Benzy, I think, is off at the end of the week. Everyone's getting in their last lakes before camp. Is Benzy looking to like, uh, like, kind of like heal himself after after Greta Van Fleet? Is he going to get so, so hammered that he's not going to be able to work for two you days? You know, I bet you Tim is dorky enough that he wants to get just like a little buzz going with Greta Van Fleet because he doesn't want to miss any of it. The funny thing, I love Tim, but I'm just going to say it. Like, it, it makes me a little weird that like a 45-year-old go, guy is that excited to go see a band. Just a little. Just a little bit. Uh, what I else love are we going to do? Don't get me wrong, but I, mean, I just see a little fanboy in him. Like, he's giggy. He's, he's giddy about it. You think it's weird that I... Uh... Wear Will Greer's name on my back? It's not you wearing his name on his back that bothers me. <laughs> it's where I wish that I could put my hands on him. That's the part that really bothers <laughs> that's me. The, uh, that's the weird one. Like, I think if you and Will Greer are in a room, right, 
Yep. And Tom and I step out. We go down the hall to work on some production for the show or something. Oh, you can't do that. Will Greer leans into you. You're not pulling back. You're kissing. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. What, Tom? It's good to be back. <laughs> Hottest take of the day, other crap, and the three stars of the show next. ESPN Pittsburgh. This is the Adam Crowley Show. Wow, wow, is very nice. ESPN Pittsburgh on 970 AM and 106.3 FM. Not for the segment. I don't need to tell you we're back. You know we're back. That's why the music plays. No, we're all back together. I missed all you guys. uh, Brian's wiggling a noodle around in here. I'm not going to tell you where he's wiggling it. I've been carrying around a beach ball all day long. (laughs) It's not Spalding. We can't find him, but it's a different beach ball. And Tom's back. So, our little habitat? Yeah. It's feeling pretty good. Our ecosystem is solid right now. Yeah. Back to the three people in the building I like. I don't have to deal with anybody outside these studios. It's just us three in here. I love how you include yourself as one of the people you like. I do. I'm a fan of myself. You know I enjoy myself. You know who's not too a, often. Sometimes. Whoa! You know who's not as much a fan of Tom right now? It's his girlfriend who thinks a ring's coming. Tom, this is a perfect opportunity. You got palm trees, you've got sun, hot you've dogs. got beach, you've no. got Mexican hot no, dogs. I couldn't disagree more. It's the worst opportunity because we're there for our friend's wedding. We don't yeah, want to take I, the I'll spotlight actually, away. I'll actually agree with that, but man, she thought you were doing it at Christmas and you bought her a Yankee candle. That's not true. Uh, that is that is a false, I know through, I know through back channels that your that your your future fiance, hopefully. Uh, was expecting a ring on Christmas. Yeah, well, I mean, we have people, Tom. We know. We well, well Crowley's got sources? people, and I know Crowley, so I got people too. My There's... source is a friend of Emma's, my sister-in-law. Very good friend of it's Emma's. It's a good source. Would you say best friends? Are they best friends? Yeah. yeah no, so friends. it would be a yeah. it would so be a, a solid source. source. Yeah. Huh? You've got one year, or the relationship will self-destruct. You, you can only take so many more of these, Tom. Like, how many weddings? You've gone to a bunch of weddings here and there, going like, you know, friends, stuff like no, that. No, this is the first one for us. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Well, here, you're even in a worse spot because this is the first one. Now the seed is planted. Not only, maybe Whoa. before she wanted to, you know, she thought maybe it'd be nice to marry Tom. Then you go to one wedding and it's like, wow, that would be really cool. She starts thinking of all those little plans she made when she was a little girl, like what her cake's going to look like, you know, what color her bridesmaids are going to wear. Then she sees it all in vivid reality in front of her with you, the man she chooses to spend her time with right next to her. So the two worlds collide and she says, this guy with this scene, it's a beautiful thing. And that thing only gets worse and worse the more weddings you go to. The next one, oh, here's another wedding I'm at and I still haven't been at. Next wedding? Oh, another wedding. Now it's not so romantic, Tom. Now it's like, what the F is wrong with this a-hole that he won't ask me to marry him? Tom, have you ever heard the expression, always a bridesmaid, never a bride? Uh, yes, I have. Ooh. It's time for the hottest take of the day. It's time for the hottest take of the day. Day, day, day. 
<laughs> By this time next year, Tom's getting dumped. <laughs> All right, that's not the real hottest take of the day, but that's kind of the backup hottest take of the day. The real hottest take of the day is that soccer will be more popular than baseball by the 2026 World Cup. How about that? 18 million people watch the World Series this year, on average. 17-ish million watch the World Cup final. I'm just saying that you give it eight more years, baseball's going to die, soccer's going to grow, bam, and Tom's going to be single. That's the hottest take of the day. Woo! Other crap. The MLB All-Star Game is tonight, and nothing gets your blood going like your hometown team having a relief pitcher in the game. Woo! Other crap. All those nerds are getting pissed because Bryce Harper's dad was cheating. What, now we're scoring too fast in baseball? Woo! Other crap. The Rams signed Brandon Cooks to a five-year, $80 million contract. It's too many cooks in my kitchen. Woo! Other crap. Le'Veon Bell's got to be pissed. Woo! You forget Other crap. I make terrible jokes and you play that sounder between them. Woo! Other crap. It's been 600 days since Pitt basketball won a conference game. Get the hell out of here, Tom. You don't even know what the hell's going on. It's time for the... Just, just so you know. Just so you know, Tom. It's time for the three stars of the show. And this is where I say the mm -hmm. words before you start to say your words. So I'll go, third star. And then I go, tonight's third star of the show, Tim Benz. Although I do like one by Pink Floyd. I was requesting from Greta, some Greta Van Fleet when I bumped back. Tom did not come through there. They've got a new single that hit today right before the Pittsburgh concert, so I'm most excited. It's called When the Curtain Falls, so I imagine it was inspired by watching the Steelers' defense against the Jaguars last year. Still, I mean, there's something about a middle-aged guy so excited to see a band of 19-year-olds. Second star! Tonight's second star of the show, Finger Guns! And I think each and every one of y'all is wrong. Wrong! Madden, wrong. Ron Cook, wrong. Andrew Villaboni, wrong. Wrong, 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 wrong. First star. And tonight's first star of the show, Twitter mentions. What I'm not okay with is you people having conversations on Twitter.com with me tagged in the damn thing. Oh my god, people are arguing about Le'Veon Bell and my mentions. It's like Pickett's Charge up in there. Yeah, brothers fighting brothers. Get out of my mentions! I don't want to have to mute the conversations because I need some of your awful takes for fodder, but Christ Almighty, just take it down a notch! Nick says, no, we won't miss him. LOL. Love how ESPN thinks they know everything regarding Pittsburgh sports. Palm to the face. Such a joke. Nick, you don't know you're going to miss him because you're a thick-skulled nimrod? But you're going to when next year it's James Conner and Jalen Samuels. We're back. Thick Skull Nimrod? Is that what it was? Man, I went back in time for that one. Wow. Who let the dogs out? This from Dan Plesak. 
sure sounds like the Dodgers are winning the Machado trade sweepstakes. Shut up, please, Sack. Remarkable player will change the balance of power wherever he goes. Yeah, we know, Plesak. That's what we've heard, okay? We get it. He's leaving Baltimore. Jackass. Not until after the All-Star game, though. He's going to wear that bird one more time tonight. Yeah, that'll be awesome to watch. It's going to be great. Like watching your girlfriend sleep with another dude. I'm actually kind of into that. <laughs> Tomorrow on the show, Mark Caboli. Yes. <laughs>